Hi everybody, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 170. What? You <laughs> said one, it's not 170. <laughs> I was going to say, you just told me it's 170 <laughs> and you were just about to re-correct me. So it's 170. What do you think it is? Well, it was 169 last week. Your math is impeccable. So <laughs> if my calculations are correct, it's 170. We're getting faster 200. Should we do something for 200? Why the hell not? Livey again. Live out. Well, let me just one second. Right. <clears throat> hey, Siri. What's the date in 30 weeks time? Ooh, September. What date, though? Tuesday, the 12th of September. I don't see why not. Ride a cup. Little, little Friday, the, what would the Friday be? The 18th or something? Quick maths. About, about like a little Ryder Cup. How, how do you ride hey, a cup it? Hey, Siri, when's this year's Ryder Cup? Oh, it's, no, uh, Ryder Cup's end of September. Yeah. So I I like, I like, I don't know why Ryder Cup it, because let's be realistic, throughout this year, holidays, we might miss a couple of episodes. Right. 200 episodes might be mid-September to end of September. So when would the live one be? Then. End of September? Yeah. When the Ryder Cup's on? Yeah, you're that's not what I'm saying, the Ryder Cup, Cup special. Yeah, we both all are. Well, how does that work then? Everybody's coming. Well, it's my birthday of the Ryder Cup weekend. Oh, so you can't so come. You could fly my wife and child out as well then. <laughs> <laughs> Make a family trip of it. I mean, everyone's there. Look, people well, want a live podcast, so we'll do it. Okay. If you want a live podcast to celebrate 200 episodes, was that a live one? 100 episodes? Yeah. Oh my god, that time time has quite literally flown. Um, if you want to see us to a, do a two hundred episode live, leave a comment down below. And if you don't, also leave a comment down below. <laughs> Just a yes or do or no or don't. Um, mad mad week in the world of golf again. I, I um yeah, today's a action packed, jam packed podcast episode. I think golf, professional golf, tour golf, is arguably in its strongest place it's been for a long, 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 long time. I would agree. Um, and weirdly, I think part of that is down to live. Because, I agree. Um, because PJ Tour have pulled up the socks. They're getting these bigger, better events where the big names, big boys are playing. An elevated event. 100%. This weekend is one of them. We're going to come on to that in a little minute. But also, if you are a Live fan, you've still got Live. You can enjoy Live. If you like both, great. You've got loads I think of golf. back next week. Yeah, I know. So it's like, if you like, if you're, because if, it feels like weirdly, there's become this new kind of audience who are ultra live which is great that's fine so they've got kind of got live they might not want to watch pj tour that's okay you've got some people who are just pure pj tour dp world tour fans that's okay and then you've got other people who are a bit of a hybrid who like watching both which again is okay so everyone's winning do you feel and i certainly have seen this in comments do you feel you almost have to pick a side i feel like some people think you do because so last week, I was very proud to do a live Instagram feed to announce the next player on the TGL, which is this new golf league coming out at the start of 2024. And it's effectively powered by PJ Tour. Mm -hmm. And you've got guys like Tiger, Rory, um, Drew... Max Homer. Max Homer. Obviously, the player I, Adam I announced, Scott. Adam Scott, the player I got to announce was Matt Fitzpatrick. A lot of people, oh, you're all about PGA Tour. Well, I'm kind of not. I, no, I'm, no. I'm kind of open to all sides. I think both tours have got their strengths, but also both tours have got their weaknesses. I think also that's that's comments on YouTube. When we've had discussions about this before, some people weirdly, it's mad how polarised our one discussion people can take it. Some people come back and go, oh, you guys are just 
um, PJ tour, that's all you care about. And other people go, oh, so you're behind Liv. Don't you know where the money comes from? Yeah. And it's like weird. It's like literally at the minute, I'm kind of, the only thing I'm definitely still more in in, in PJ in favour of on the PJ tour is, is like this weekend, again, we'll come on to it in a minute, but Scottish Sheffler won. He's back to world number one and he won PJ tour event. You look at that field, it was strong. It was phenomenal. Admittedly, there's guys who weren't playing that are live players that may, maybe would have made it even stronger. But ultimately, he has now won another PJ Tour win. Was it his fifth win now? Uh, yeah, because he won four last year. It was exactly 365 days since his first win. Insane. <laughs> so he has now got five PJ Tour titles to, to his name. I don't feel that yet about Liv. No. Because it's still so new. And that might come, you know, we might be sat here in three, four, five years' time. And we're going, such a body has won six times on Liv. And it might feel huge. So that, that will come in time. But it's like anything, when you make something from scratch, it feels... Hard to really give it that. Well, you're not going to give it that history and prestige as much. So that's the one thing I still give Liv. I, I would definitely oh, sorry, say... Sorry, PJ Tour. The PJ Tour has pulled up its socks. 100%. Again, this event this week was the Waste Management Phoenix Open, one of the flagship events of the year, mm. the calendar year. You've got the four majors, which obviously get the most attention. I would then say the Players' Championship at Sawgrass, and then probably Waste Management Phoenix Open. It's kind of like the wacky... Golf tournament. There was a streaker. There was a streaker mm-hmm. who got arrested. Um, I mean, ambitious, mm-hmm. wasn't he? He got a long way. Yeah. Started on the 16th, all the way down 17th, and got pulled out of the lake on the 18th and got arrested. Fair play. Um, there wasn't as many... Did, were the cra- was there a bit more crowd control this year? Because we talked about it last year on the podcast when Sam Ryder got his hole-in-one last year and everyone went crazy and chucking cans. And you had Joel... Um, you had... Um, uh, Higgs. Harry Higgs. Higgs. You had Harry Higgs and Joel Damon lifting the top up and the crowd were going wild. I only saw one crowd going wild this time mm. round. Did you did you see it? It, it was from, um it was Adam Hadwin when he nearly made a hole in one on the Saturday. From, the crowd went wild. I didn't I actually watched a good chunk of the golf. Not every minute of every day, clearly, but I watched a good chunk and it did feel like it was an excitable kind of vibe, but it was a bit more Behaved. It must have been more policed, I feel, this year. Maybe. Like you said, because the Super Bowl was on, whether people didn't go, maybe the more people that were up for just being on the lash went somewhere else. I've no, I don't know. Maybe they just watered down the beer. Good shout. Maybe, maybe they just thought, you know what? We can't have these guys being as mental. The guy who slipped through the net was a streaker. Granted. So I, I saw a tweet off you saying you want to go there one day. Yeah, 100%. You'd be an absolute nuisance, I think. I'd be the worst. Yeah. I'd be throwing my can on the, on the fairway if, if someone made a... Par. I always give you two scenarios, right? You go to that event next year, okay? And you go with Rick Shields, right? Yeah. So you know that people, I know you're a bit conscious when you go out that people might watch the videos, might be looking at you, might film you, whatever. So the first scenario I want to give me, you go to that event next year as Rick Shields, how sourced do you get in? Well, I don't get sourced. So not, really. Yeah, but you have a couple of cameras. Oh yeah, of course. I'd be, I'd be merry. You'd see Ricky come out. <laughs> I, I would go, I'd get a bit of probably hospitality. I'd, Six I'd cans. Be, I'd be in the posh seats, wouldn't I? Yeah, Let's of course you would. I'd book it last, I'd look, I wouldn't be running from the crowd at 6am in the morning. I'd have a seat reserved for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd do it I'd do it the, the posh way. So how many drinks are we talking? Six. Six, six or seven. Right, yeah. Okay. You then go the same time, but for some reason you'll be able to get like this. You can change your face, right? So no one knows it's you. And you can be the oh real Ricky. God. Now talk to me. Seriously. I, I would genuinely love to do it. I would genuinely <laughs> love to do it. I would be there... First in the queue at 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay. Already. Already cracking open my first Stella. Yeah. Okay. Would. And I'd have a can at least every 30 minutes on the 30 minutes. 
until 6am when the gates open. Yeah. Okay, at this point, I'm already I'm already gone. Bladded. <laughs> I've already got eight cans in me. It's then a race to the 16th. You've got a bit of pace in you as well, stand. to be fair. You're faster than probably and people don't think forget you are. how fast you think you run when you're drunk. Yeah. You ever done that after a yep. night out? You're so fast. Yeah. So I'd be going, gates would open, and I would be off, and I'd be full American mode, giving it the old way. <laughs> You know, man, let's go. I'd be legging it to the 16th. Get probably, a foam finger. I'd probably be f- fatigued. I'd probably shotgun another Stella can, yep. you know, for energy. I don't know why Stella. By the way, don't forget, I've seen you try and shotgun a drink before, and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> uh, that's true. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be better in America. I would be bombing it to the 16th. I'd be front row, centre, just loving life. I, I would be a pest. A real pest. I'd have to have some sort of mechanism so that I could go to the toilet without leaving my seat. Your pants. A nappy. <laughs> <laughs> a diaper. Um, I would be there for the long haul. I would make friends with everybody. I would have started the no, snake. No, no, no. You'd be thinking your friends everybody. Who's he come with? You've got no, you're that weird lad. You see this on night out. Is that a weird lad? You've got no mates. He's like, who are you with? You're just with everyone. I'd have, I'd have one of those hats with the two cans and the straws coming down. I'd be the guy doing the, the snake, you know, the bottle yeah. snake. I'd be yeah. the guy starting that. I would be the life and soul of the party or that is what I would think. Yeah. I would probably be then woken up at maybe 10 to 12 at night. <laughs> hey, hey, sir, sir, you've got to leave now. And I've somehow handcuffed myself to my seat. I'm probably being arrested. I'm probably being escorted out and probably banned from every PJ Tour event. And That's it, the real it, Rick Shields that even, no one gets to see. I, I, I miss him. Miss him. I miss him. I wish he could come back. Um, well, there, there was a weird... Did you ever? Did you see the clip that the PJ Tour posted about... Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, and is it Larry Fitzpatrick who's an NFL player? Ah, okay. I didn't see this. Going round in disguise at the waste management. Oh, that's quite cool. It could have been. Was it not? The, the, I thought the disguises were pretty awful. Like, they were... They were it disguised who they were, but you could tell they were disguised. Yes, I know what you're saying. Very fake face. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't even a... It wasn't like... You know when you get the prosthetic face? Yeah. That's pretty cool. This was basically just a beard and some glasses and a hat. <laughs> so it was a bit, yeah, it was a Maybe bit. Maybe you could shave your beard off. Maybe. What would it take for you to shave your beard off? That, that's quite an open question, loaded question. I don't well, really know. No, but it, would it ever happen? What is it, a monetary value or an opportunity? Okay. Go on, go on. Who's <laughs> 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 the money that said that then? Um, okay, so. Right, is, it, is it either. There's a sum of money to shave your beard off. Both. Okay. So, shiver- so Gillette. Oh, say, okay. We'll give it Gillette, to charity. Re- mm. <laughs> Was it to you? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Then. Is Gillette, it same? Gillette, come in. Uh, well, th- th- there's actually a number of questions around this. Okay. I've thought about this probably. I've thought about Why have you thought about it? <laughs> just in case this scenario ever pops up. If it was just a one-off, right, shave it for charity. You're whipping it off. Yeah, straight off. Money to charity. But you can't days. go in hiding after it. You've got to carry on as normal. It'll only take a week and I'll be oh. back. If it was to stay constantly clean shaven. Ah, that's different kettle of fish. Very different. The money comes to me. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, if a weekly you, retainer of four grand a week. So I've no just, to, just to have a shave. <laughs> yeah. So if Gillette wanted to come in and wanted me to be clean shaven, I would obviously lose subscribers. Mention Gillette a lot here. Have you got a little thing that you sleep with <laughs> Gillette? Well, I'm just thinking. How, Wilkinson, other, Wilkinson Sword. Yeah, there's not many brands <laughs> that, that would want me to be clean shaven. No, true. Um, Nivea. <clears throat> so that side. Yep. Or. 
for whatever weird reason, Tiger says, I've always wanted to film with Rick, but I just can't film with him with that mas- have, ma- yeah. with that man- masculine beard. I've heard a few people say that about you. They would film with you, but the beard's this big no. Few, few have said that. Rory <laughs> said that. So if it was that, if that was the case, if it was an opportunity, then obviously I'd shave it off. If it was for play, Tiger. You can play Augusta. Yeah. No cameras, but you can play Augusta, but no beard. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Any others? Um, join the RNA. No beard forever, but you can be a member of the RNA forever. No. Can I have a tash? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can have whatever you want, really. Um, yeah, anyway, off topic. Anyway, so Scottish Shaffler won. Yeah. He is now world number one. We are in this, well, we're in this good place in golf because two things. Firstly, the PJ Tour and Liv are both existing at the moment. We're worried about that. It feels like they're going to do their own thing and there's more golf for everyone to watch. Great. Also, we have got, well, first thing we've missed off, Tiger is back. This week, Tiger's will be teeing it up at the Genesis. Super exciting. He's not played competitively since the Open, so let's see how he gets on. Very good for golf. People talk about it. The only thing I can say, I'm a huge Tiger fan. If you listen to this podcast, watch his videos, you know that me and Rick were huge Tiger fans. However, this kind of time of year or whenever when Tiger does come back, I can understand why people that don't like Tiger, for whatever reason, get a bit annoyed because there'll be so much spotlight around him playing. And even if he plays terribly, it'll be featured all the time. So my heart goes out to those non-Tiger fans. I'm a huge Tiger fan. What are you looking? I, I feel like if you're a non-Tiger fan, I don't know what value you get out of this podcast. Beard talk. Yeah. yeah. Done it. Cheers. Gillette. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not... For me, t- Tiger coming back is really exciting. It shows he's obviously wanting to and capable of competing again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously completely and utterly putting his schedule around major tournament absolutely um but riv riviera the genesis is his event he, he kind of he's the host of it isn't he so and if you remember correctly it was exactly two years ago straight after the genesis when he had his car crash yeah it was literally the, that following week so it's great to have him back it's great to see how he's going to compete i'm not expecting the world but if he can win by 10 i think that's a realistic expectation <laughs> But you're right. You know what? The, going back one more stage quickly, I found it interesting watching the golf on Sunday, like uh, 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 waste management, because the the top of the leaderboard was stacked with household names. Well, th- so this is one thing I want to come on to. So at the minute, we've got this this top three in the world who are insane. We've got now Scotty Scheffler is world number one, and rightly so. He's insane. Rory has gone down to number two, and then John Rahm's at number three. And it, what's what's insane with that is I keep saying insane, but it is it's insane. Those three golfers on the day are the best in the world. So I almost can't comprehend if those three play well in one tournament, who wins? Like mm-hmm. I actually don't know. Obviously, with Tiger in his day when he was on, nobody could compete. When he was off, most people couldn't compete. If Scottish Athlers on, so no one beats him. If Rory's on, nobody beats him. And if John Rahm's on, nobody beats him. So what happens when they if they come to the Masters this year and all three of them play the lights out, which might not happen, but if they do. Who wins? You know what's really interesting though when when you look at those three golfers, you're right. When they're at the peak, you almost can't imagine anyone beating them. But they're such different golfers, mm. aren't they? Scotty Scheffler isn't as long as Ram and Rory. He's not short by any stretch. Gets but he's out not there as still, lo- yeah. He's not as long. For me, Scotty just doesn't make mistakes. He, he really, that put on 16 <laughs> for the par. He just, so I saw online, people saying he's a bit like Spieth. He just grinds it out. Well, he, 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 he didn't drop a shot in the last, I think it was 21 holes of the tournament. How do you beat that? Yeah. And he still goes and shoots whatever he shot yesterday, five or six under. So it's not, he, he just doesn't make mistakes. 
Rory, on the other hand, we've seen it from history. Mm -hmm. He's an unbelievable golfer, without question. And when he's on fire, you can't imagine anyone beating him. But we've seen him throw away leads. Yeah. We've seen him come back and win. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and John Rahm, you, you, for me, John Rahm's probably of, of the actual three golfers mentioned there, the one I would expect. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. To win more often mm. because he doesn't make ridiculous amounts of mistakes and he makes outrageous amount of birdies. Yeah. So he's hot right now. I mean, out of those three, who would you say if they played all played on fire, who would you say would win? Rory. No, I think Ram. Ram. I think if if they all played each other ten times over, just those three, my guess, and I might be wrong, statistics might prove me wrong on this. I genuinely feel like Ram would win more times. Right. What was interesting, you said then the leaderboard was stacked. There was a tweet I saw before from Dan Rappaport, who's from Four Play, who we know, who's doing great things for them, and he's a golf journalist. He was actually on, the obviously, the uh, Full Swing documentary. His tweet was this. 
World number 233, Nick Taylor, played in the final group of the craziest tournament of the year with two of the top three players in the world and shot 65. He beat Rahm by three, tied Scotty, solo second and 2.18 million dollars, extremely well earned. The PGA Tour is so, so deep. When you think about that, is it that, just it, shows, it, doesn't it? In where, what world ranking is it? it? Well, it was, 233. Oh, my God. And I'm guessing now, I've a quick look, it'll have skyrocketed after that. The the only thing that, I, I must admit, I, I felt like he was going to fall away at some point in that final 73 group. 73 is now. Wow. In that final group, playing with those two, I definitely thought he was going to fall away. Um, but, it, but I love seeing Jason Day up there. Yes. Jason Day became tied fifth. Love seeing Ricky up there. Holding one on the last day as well, which is amazing. Love seeing him back up there, kind of almost competing. It's great to see some of these guys who, to their own admission, had fallen off a little bit and but kind of rebuilt their kind of presence back on tour, which has been great. And maybe you'd even think potentially absence of live players might have either spurred them on or or helped them get get back to where they're up on that leaderboard again. You know, um, I think the the money. In all of golf at the moment, it's the only thing that's kind of putting me off a little bit. Mm. I know the PGA Tour don't overly advertise the fact that they're making this much money, but $3.6 million for first place. Yeah, I think it's a weird one. I think for the audience, it doesn't matter. No. You, know, you don't care what they take home, but I suppose it matters to those guys from the turn up and play. Um, I, ju- I just worry... Because I've seen it a little bit, certainly with the introduction again of Liv, and sorry for all the comparisons today, but I think it's a fitting time to do so. The big story with Liv is money, 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 from where mm-hmm. it's coming from to also how much the players are earning. Yeah, The PGA Tour, for me, has never been about that. As it's not with with um, the Open or the Masters, it's never been about the money. I just worry, with these elevated events and these extra purses, is it almost going to be talked about a little bit more? I mean, maybe I'm getting a bit guilty here. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about it right now. I just I just don't want our sport to ever come across as being kind of greedy. I, th- I think that's the problem with elite sport, though, isn't it? Footballers just go wherever the money is. Ronaldo's gone to Saudi Arabia, clearly for money. I think it is a narrative. I think people do talk about it. But I think you can kind of get past it. When, you, when you're watching a, a player play a PJ Tour event and going on to win, you're thinking more about how well they've played and, and what it means to them to either get the first win or the second win or another win if they've already got several already. I think it really building this great narrative right now of all these great golfers playing so well. Like when the Masters comes, I don't even know how much they play for, and it doesn't matter. It's about the green jacket, save for the open, the claret jug, etc. So you're right; it, it can leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. But <clears throat> I think most people just know that golfers play for money, and, and that's it, just and it. It's not so much a sour taste in my mouth from a personal standpoint. I believe they're worth this value. Like I believe they, if they want to earn ten million. It's just, even just a few tweets and things today that I've seen, I'm I'm noticing media outside of the world of golf mm. talking about the money. Yeah. And I don't want that message to get kind of too, too I don't know, spread really. Well, speaking of playing for money, uh, we don't play for money. <laughs> uh, we have just, if you've not seen Break 75 from last week, there are a couple of spoilers in here, but I'm sure a lot of you listening and watching have watched it already. It's done really nicely, which is great. Thanks for your support on that. We've played at my definitely top three courses. I think it's probably top one, but top three, Wallasey. You played very nicely. We were joined by James Robinson. James is a lovely lad. We didn't even need him. He's there as the best player. You played really well. Um, maybe James spurred you on to actually play so well. I don't know. Watching him. Um, to be honest, is that something, actually, by the way? You get in the comments sometimes when you play with a good golf and you do play well. People go, oh, that helped you. But does I, it? I quite like playing with a good golfer who doesn't intimidate me. Okay. 
So, for example, I don't particularly think I play well when I've played against some of these tour players. Mm. Because, well, one, maybe because it's a bit of a challenge, but also I feel a bit intimidated by Westwood or, mm. or Fleetwood or Adam Scott or Ricky Fowler that just don't embarrass yourself now, yeah. Rick. Where someone maybe of, of not, obviously, a good, good player, someone like a James Robinson or, or Iona or that ki- ki- type of character, they're good players, but I don't feel embarrassed if they hit a bad shot. Yeah. You know, but I don't, to be honest, I don't really mind who I, know, I really I, play I, with. I was going to say that because... It does I, help. It does, to some degree, it gives me maybe, a bit like when you're running a race, it gives you a, um, what they called, pace setter. Yeah. I, get, um, I, I do agree with that to some degree. When, when you, if you do use that analogy of, the, of a race, then you can clearly see where that person is at. So you need to try and run level with them to do a certain time. But you never purposely try and play bad golf. Every golfer, when they go out, no matter how well we play, we're trying to, get the ball in the hole in the least amount of strokes possible. Suppose playing with a good golfer, it can maybe, I don't know, maybe almost copy them without even knowing you're copying them. Not in terms of how they are. Like When I play with James, I see him hit great shots. I just can't do that because I've watched him do it. I can't just copy him. But I can learn from how he's approaching things or even club selections and things like that. I mean, I, I suppose I should be asking you the question. <laughs> I mean... You've been fortunate to play with me many, many times now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I would say that's partly due to your success. Not the fact of how many golf balls you hit the range yeah. or the hard work and practice you put in. Just quite simply because you've been mirroring my incredible mannerisms. That Can't help. chip and got a snap hook. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done with a snap hook at Wallace. <laughs> well, yeah. So Wallace, um, you played, you shot one under. Yeah. You did very, very nicely. Your driving off the off the tee was just very solid. And I feel like you're the kind of golf when we play. When you play bad, it can be bad, right? When you play well, I actually can't really see you missing a fairway. No. There's always that chance of a bit of a fight chip in there, but you get your putter out a bit more, so it's it's not not the end of the world. But you can be on when you're on. I feel like when, I, when I'm playing well, if I get through halfway playing well, I never think, oh, I need to hold on. If I'm playing well at nine, I'm like, well, let's just continue. Or let's yeah. even try and do better than that. Yeah. Where if I'm playing bad to halfway, it can snowball and go really bad. But also sometimes that halfway point, I can reset and go, right, let's make sure the back nine's better. Yeah. So, yeah, I, sometimes my bad rounds can kind of just snowball and I can almost never get off this kind of... Yeah, that's true. You know, my head goes and my confidence goes and everything else. But when my confidence is high, I just think I'm going to play good golf. No, it was um, a good video and... Yeah, I, I wasn't on with my driver. Um, lost four balls and three holes. It was impressive. Which was frustrating. You know what's the worst part? I watched it back the other day a little bit and I looked at those <laughs> holes. And what I can't believe is on each of the holes, you can literally hit it as far left as so you want. There's literally left. no... You could go 800 yards almost. There's no danger. <coughs> so I looked at that and thought, that's something I need to take from my own game. And probably people listening could take some little bit of advice from this. Sometimes you've got holes where there's out of bounds left, water right. It's hard. It's a tough hole. You have to hit it straight. And if you don't, there's consequences for that. But when you've got out of bounds on a hole, which I did on three consecutive holes, all down the right, and it's wind off the left as well, if you've got room left, which we did have, there's honestly, there's no excuse for that, is there at all? You've got to be confident, pick your line up the left-hand side and hit towards that line. But on, or even then, but go ten, aim 10 yards for the left and that. Yeah. Like if you know, it's going to make your second shot in maybe a bit longer. But if you know there's no... I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really annoyed at that because I feel like I should know better. And I remember... Um, one of the things that I heard in a podcast that was from Steve Williams, who was Tiger Woods' ex-caddy very famously, he said that Tiger had some of the most wayward shots in the locker occasionally, but he'd always make sure that if he was going to hit a bad one, 
it would be on be the right side. Yeah. That makes sense. Not physically the, the right, side. but the correct side. Yeah. Um, I think we should learn more from that because it's an, it's inexcusable. The thing is, for you, it was a weird one because it was that fourth hole, the par four or fifth hole. Yeah. Where downwind, drivable green, and you actually just blocked it. Yeah. And that obviously found trouble. It then the next two or three holes that kind of spiraled into yeah, much like more push, of a slice. Slices. They so were. so for me, if you'd have hit an okay t-shirt on that hole. I don't think that trend would have happened for the next couple of holes. Well, and that was something else. Obviously, people, eagle. well, it was part of the video. I was going to say eagle-eyed viewers. It was part of the video. I, I saw the front nine with the ping G430. Super forgiving, right? Super forgiving, yes. And <laughs> for whatever reason, now, I, did, I wasn't trying to blame, I saw a couple of comments, people saying, oh, bad work, I'm trying to blame his tools. I wasn't really blaming the tools. It was, for me, I knew it hit bad shots with those drives. There's no ifs and buts, and you know, no golf clubs, a magic wand or whatever. But that head, for me, felt it was more fadey from a heel shot. Now, when you heal the golf shot, it's going to typically fade. But for that head, for whatever reason, the fact it faded more, swapped the bats more one after nine, saw a bit more success. But it was funny that there was comments on the video from a, from a number of people, not many, a small number, saying, oh, well, that's illegal and stuff. And it's like... DQ. Don't get me wrong. You're disqualified know, there's, 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 from future exactly. break 75s. There's rules of golf, right? And that's fine. And if I was playing a golf comp, you've got to stick to the rules of golf. You do. If we're playing what is relatively a fun game of golf and after nine holes, they'll swap my driver. It's not the end of the world. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that's what people take from the videos. They don't say, oh, you know, you've hit two out of bounds and it's your third one. You know, you could have edited that out. You could have made sure made it your first one was in. It's like, we're playing so openly and honestly and I swap my driver and that's the thing that people get hung up on. I wouldn't, yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's it's a compliment for what people notice. But on they're, that, they're though... E they're very much invested in, yeah, the, in the video. That's good, I suppose. But what's arguably even more exciting, this Friday, 4pm, Rick Shields is on YouTube. It's a video of you playing Royal Liverpool, the host of the 151st Open this year. You go there... Break 75 with the claret jug. Explain. Well, it was you and me. It was you and me. <laughs> it was me and you. Um, Royal Liverpool will be the home of golf for a week or so in the middle of July this year. Yes. And it's crazy when you... Anytime you get to play an open venue, it's special. Whenever you get to play an open venue the year of the open, it's really special. Mm -hmm. Royal Liverpool is a golf course that's over the years has grown on me. Yeah. And, and I think that's fair. I'm not the first person to say that. I know you probably think that as well. It's one of those ones that you probably need to play a couple of times to really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful setting, a wonderful golf course. There's been some real nice alterations. The new 17th hole, which is a really dinky little par three. I, I love it. It's going to cause issues. It's a Marmite hole. Yeah. And I, I'm on the love it side. I love it as well. Uh, I've played it most of the time well so far. Only one time it caught me out a little bit, which might be this Friday. <laughs> Find out soon. So, yeah, we, we did a, a Break 75, and it was a collaboration with the Open themselves and the One Club yeah. brought to you by MasterCard. Now, as Guy mentioned, we got a few extra cameras of support from the Open. So like some of the shots you see on real TV, we can mm -hmm. have some ball tracking cameras, which elevates the content. The Claret Jug is there on site. There's some banners up there. There's open... Uh, I've got, I actually get a caddy. You do? An Neil. open... A Neil from 
from actual Real holiday Neil. himself. Um, and it was just a really, really good experience. The golf course is demanding. It, it's tough. It tests every single part of your game. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the hardest driving open venues I've played. Mm, yeah, in parts. Probably Carnoustie might just be harder for driving. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for Liverpool, you've got to be. I feel like you've got to be accurate and long off the tee. I think it'll be harder for the guys in the open when the roughs up. We had a few 100%. holes, obviously. That's the that's the thing when you play in these open courses, and if you ever look enough to do so, you don't always see them in the true reflection because we typically would get it in slightly like smaller, shorter rough, a bit more friendly. Obviously, not always off the fully fully back tees, and it's still hard. I think the difference though between July and now is the ball. The July oh. ground condition will be harder. Yeah, that's true. Which, so you in, get... which is, you can actually interpret that, that two ways. Yeah. You'll probably hit it longer off the tee. Yeah. Like Tiger, when he won there famously, hit one driver shot and that was it. So you get a bit of that. But then the benefit of playing this time of year, when you land it into green, the ball will stop. Yeah. You do that in the summer and the ball's off the back of the green. You've got to land it short and roll it up and take the contours. It's a different way of thinking. Well, it should be. Uh, hopefully, people think it's a good video, but there's a couple of extra bonus things as well. I'm going to tell our kind of hardcore podcast listeners. So firstly, the video was out on Friday. Um, so hopefully, you will watch it and you'll enjoy it. Now, within that video, there's a giveaway that I think is really, really good. So I'm just, you can't enter now, obviously, but you can on Friday within the video. So there'll be more insight into that in the video, which let you know what is up for grabs. There's a pair of official patron hospitality tickets to the 151st Open, courtesy of MasterCard. So first of all, if you win this giveaway, you go into the Open with a friend. That's pretty cool. Secondly, and arguably, arguably even better, a round of golf at the iconic Royal Liverpool for you and a friend. Wow. Pretty exciting. Not me and a friend. No. That's the winner The and winner friend. and a friend. Um, 150th Open pin flag signed by the Open champion, Cameron Smith, which is pretty cool. And a free box of limited edition 150th Open Titleist Pro V1s, which, let's be honest, you might need. Around you will need. So that is a super exciting giveaway. I think it's a really good one. I mean, you know, we're, we're lucky. We've been to many in Open, and we'll be going to that one as well. We might see the winner there, the competition winner there. Um, but going to the Open is special, and, and playing the golf course as well, you know, is really special. So that's exciting. But also, a bit more um, kind of extra stuff we've got for, with the Open and with the One Club is that today, Tuesday, around 12pm lunchtime, so it should be out now when you're watching this or maybe when you listen to this, we also recorded a very different video, something that I think people listening to this podcast might well be interested in, hopefully they are. We rec- we filmed with, again, with the Open, a behind-the-scenes of Break 75. So you find out what we really shoot. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, this was a more behind-the-scenes of kind of the operation of filming a, a Break 75 from us arriving to meeting some of the guys in the in the, uh, in the the actual clubhouse. I'm not going to give too much away. Um, and also a bit of a behind-the-scenes of out filming. Um, so sign up to the One Club. You get access to that video. Um, it's really cool. It's like It's not super long. It's like five minutes long, but it's packed full of information that I don't think many of you would know. And again, a lot of hardcore viewers who certainly love Break 75 would love to find out. Yeah, so that's it. So if you want to watch that, um, it's exclusively on the One Club website. So the link in the description of this either audio podcast or video podcast, the top line will be the link. You can sign up. It's completely free to do. And the One Club is the open kind of platform for like extra nuggets of, of content, exclusive content. So it's really good. Obviously, we're members of Admin for ages. So join up to that. 
uh, and you'll watch that video. It's a bit more, again, if you, if you listen to this podcast, I imagine you, you're fans of Break 75. It's quite a cool, unique look at it's what really goes on out there. And you see some of the cameras, some of the camera lads. Harry's on there quite a bit, flexing, holding the camera. Yeah, Tim, Tim. Tim's, Tim's on Tim's there. there. Matt there? Was Matt there? <laughs> was Matt there? Were you there, Matt? He was there. He was I don't there. think he's in the shop much, though, is he? He is yeah. the shop. Yeah. But it's not like Matt. Matt's not happy that last week when Harry did the podcast, Harry got a few shouts out, so Matt didn't get his, his name mentioned, so... Matt. Producer Matt was in Belfast having a whale of a time drinking loads of Guinness, so yeah. that's why he wasn't in the podcast. Um, so it's exciting. There's lots coming. Um, I've got a quick question for you before we go on to anything else. It is really big, isn't it? Totally, <laughs> totally legal. Yeah. Lee, obviously. You've now got access to watching Full Swing. Yes. No, I think it's okay that it's allowed to because... It's media, Work, yeah. Of course. So um, last, well, last week you mentioned that you've been watching Full Swing already, early access, the Netflix documentary. And when we finished the podcast, you very kindly said, "If you want to watch it, you can watch it on on my device." So I watched it. I think I've got one left. I've really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I think it come out the sixteenth for this month. So no, I think it, it's the. Uh, I think it's the sixteenth. Is it not? Fifteenth. Uh, fifteenth. Oh, so it's out literally in a couple of days. So everybody then, I'm sure, who's got Netflix, which seems to be most people, you can watch it. Today? No, it's not today. Don't. I don't think it's today. It might carry be. On. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, there was parts I would have liked to see a little bit more of, but that's always the case. If you give people something like yours, want a bit more. So the big thing I took away from it was seeing the tour golfers behind the scenes. So one thing I really enjoyed was the morning of the US Open when Matt Fitzpatrick won. You actually saw him in the, in the accommodation he was staying in with his family, kind of sat there, kind of chilling the morning of the event, which he went on to win, and, and it was insane. So that was that was unbelievable. And then when he won it, you saw a little bit of footage afterwards, like not much. I would have loved to have seen more. I would have loved yeah. the cameras to go home with him that night and see what, it sounds bizarre, what he has for tea, what they do, does he get drunk, how he celebrates the night. I suppose there has to be a limit with these things, though. Well, did you hear? Did you hear John Rahm? I think embarrassingly say when he became world number one, whenever it was last year. That's when he conceived his yes. baby. Yes, I did. So I think there's probably limits to how much. Well, maybe. I suppose if, it, if it's an absolute one-on-one personal documentary and you let those cameras into your life, you probably sign up for very intense filming. For this, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll do it, but there's kind of obviously a limit. But yeah, overall, it was really good. I, I wouldn't. <sighs> After what we said last week when you'd watched it and you said you can't imagine people would now become massive fans of golf, I kind of agree with you a bit more now after seeing it. I do think you could buy into people. So I've now become an even bigger fan of Tony Fee now. What an amazing guy. Best. I've become a fan of Joel Darman, who I'll be honest, didn't know much about. I knew obviously little bits about him, but I didn't know his story about having cancer and things like his mum passing away. And I love how with Joel, so many of these golfers are super ambitious. And I, I suppose you have to be. To, to get on the PJ Tour at any level and be competing, you have to be competitive, you have to be motivated. He's got this really different, relaxed, out, out, this kind of outlook that, well, someone's got to be world number 70. You know, I'm not as good as the top 10 guys. Yeah. But it, I liked it. It was refreshing to see, actually. Well, let's not give too much more yeah. away because I think that's a nice little insight. And, and genuinely, I would recommend people to, if you've got Netflix, to watch it. Yeah, I and, would. and that's not that's not a plug. This wasn't anything that was kind of, you know, needed to. I, I think if you're into golf, I think you'll really enjoy the full swing documentary. Absolutely. So we've got some more questions this week. We normally post the questions on our Facebook group, the amazing Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group. Is it amazing? Most of the time. There's a few plonkers in there. Yeah, there's a couple. I, I think... Not many. Now we've got Ian, the secretary. Yes. And Brenda. Barbara. Barbara. Oh, you know, what's that? Well, what? I feel bad here. What's Matt? her name, Matt? No, it's not Donna, is it? I think it? it is. Is it Donna? Donna. 
That sounds wrong. I feel like I should know this. I'm going to have to check. We should know her. She's on our payroll. <laughs> is, it, is it Donna? Anyway, now we've got Ian and Donna. I also feel like we need someone to play as, sec- as like security. Okay. I'm Night s- Watchman. <clears throat> I'm seeing a... Brenda. Did you say Brenda? I thought it was Brenda or Barbara or Donna. Oh, I feel like I'm really forgetting now. Um, I feel like I can't continue until I find this out. <clears throat> anyway, I've got a new character. Go on. And I think this character is going to cut out the riffraff that sometimes happens in the group. Doreen. Doreen. Sorry, Doreen. There'll be people in the car screaming, it's Doreen, you invented it, you weirdos. So, right, we've got Doreen, right, I can relax now. I got really frustrated then. We've got Doreen. Ian, secretary. Ian's a secretary. Lots of great pictures in the group last time. Yes. So who's this now? It's a doorman. Okay. Okay. And you might have listened. Golf clubs have doorman. This one does. Okay. Does this golf club like any other golf club? (laughs) That's very true. You might have listened to every single episode. Yeah. Okay. I've not, but that's a story for another day. You might you might be allowed access to the clubhouse, mm-hmm. but I do think we need a security guard for a few plonkers. Mm. You know, just a few that just there is a couple. Yeah, Baz, Baz. Okay, he has to be bald. Ex-military. Yep. Okay, you wouldn't mess with Baz. Okay. All right. He likes his golf. He does, but he's terrible. He's off like. I don't want to say, just in case I offend anyone listening. <laughs> he's got a handicap. He's got a really, really short backswing. But fast. Because he's a big guy. Short and fast. <clears throat> so he can't swing too far he back. He can John Ram. He can John Ram. Mm. Loves playing in the buggy. Okay. Always nips in the pro shop. We've not come up with our pro shop characters just yet. It's coming. We'll get, come to that. Jason. <laughs> but um, so Baz, you know, he loves his golf. He does the job mainly because he, he likes the authority. You know, one thing that Baz does that no one dares criticise, he wears two gloves. Yeah, of course he does. And it looks with, a bit... With, with cut out fingers. Oh, on the golf course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's one of those things that it doesn't look great, but you don't really want to tell him. Nobody's going to tell I don't think Baz. he knows why he does it. And he just does. Two yeah. Mac he wears. So he, he loves the authority, but he mainly does the job because he gets free golf at the golf club. How old is he? He is, well, he's retired, but you still won't mess with him. I, I think he's young, but I think he's 52, okay? But he retired, but he doesn't say why he retired from doing what he was doing before. Yes. He's 52, but he's actually got a daughter who's like 36. He had a son, he had a daughter very, very young. Right. And she's got kids. Of course. And he sees them a lot and looks after them a lot. They yeah. really look up to the granddad. Yeah, Baz. Granddad Baz. Yeah. So, yeah. New, <laughs> we a think new this. fictional character for the, I have to say fictional, factual, character for the clubhouse. So, pictures welcome. Pictures in the group. However, I, I do want to see pictures. There comes a cut-off point. So, if you don't put them on in like, the first day or two, we kind of can't keep accepting them because it gets and an if, overkill. If anybody has got a picture together of Ian, Doreen and Baz... It's wow. not photoshopped. If anyone's got a picture of all three of them, you win this week's award. Very good. You get you get your plaque and your name put up in the clubhouse. Well, after all of that, um, I agree with all of what you've just said. Um, we didn't use the group this week for questions. <laughs> <laughs> we actually used Twitter. because there was a few too many plonkers in no, there No, it was week. just because um, I don't want to mix it up a little bit. So not everybody um, uses Facebook. Some people have a very much a Mark Zuckerberg agenda. Um, so I went to Twitter. So if you don't like Elon Musk, I apologise. Uh, maybe next week we'll try. Where could we try? MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, but what Tom? Remember MySpace, Tom? Remember? <laughs> yeah, to be I'm his so friend. friends with yeah. him. Yeah, of course you are. Uh, right. So, <laughs> bit of a scattering of questions. Um, can you see? Is my laptop okay there, Matt? You can't see anything. Good. 
Um, so this is from Tom Mc. The only problem is actually with Twitter, you don't always get people's full names. So if I don't say your full name, so I don't know it. Tom Mc. Quick one. Go on. Sorry, what's happened to dear Rick? There's some coming, but there's not been the best email. So um, <laughs> basically, the podcast email, and we're getting a lot of emails every day. A lot of them are just spam. So I think because every week we read out our podcast email, something's it's getting bombarded by spammers. Oh. Um, we need the IT. We technician. read. I do read every one. The good ones I pass on to you. Um, Even all the spam emails. But yeah, so, for example, one from um, Esmond Montgomery. Hello, I am the manager of Ozabo Studio. Studio SAS is a French video game developer based in Bordeaux and founded in 2002. Our studio is interested in your YouTube channel. Please reply me and I will tell you more about collaboration. Done. There you go. That's, that's listener of the week. This week. What happens <laughs> listener of the week? We just kind of keep it vibing. Sometimes we have theories, sometimes we don't. Deal listen, with it. What about VIPs? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, what is he Derek called? Chan. Derek Chan. Anyway, I bet he doesn't listen anymore. I think he does. He doesn't. I think he does. I think a lot of people listen. I think what happens with the podcasters, which I like and don't like, some people become big fans, which I really appreciate. We love everyone <clears> listening and, and commenting. And people like find it. And they see there's quite a lot of episodes. They get really into it and probably binge them in the car for like two weeks, three weeks maybe, and become like, this is the best thing ever. They join the group, they're active. You start to see the name popping up and down. And then they realise that there's more to life than us talking nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, to those people, Derek Chan might be quite a fresh name in their brain. Oh, you know, I've really forgot the young lad that was the real, oh my days, the proper, the real first ever listener of the week. Oh, was it oh, Tom? No, oh, that's going to annoy me that. Again, people To be fair, it's been anyway. a long time, hasn't it? Oh, I nearly had him. Do you remember how much before Matt's time? Sorry, this is probably not very good if you're new to the podcast. So anyway, back to the questions. Tom Mick has said, has Rick um, ever considered being based in America, given the audience, viewership, accessibility, professionals, year-round weather, etc.? Yes. Elaborate. <laughs> What's happening, Rick? Uh, so, I've Ed, Ed Brown. Sorry, Ed, Ed Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you said. Ed Brown, if you're still listening to the podcast, I think you follow me on Instagram. DM me and say, yep, yeah, guy, I do. If, if you don't, I won't hear from you. <laughs> um, going back to America, yeah, definitely. It's what? crossed my mind. Um, so I think well, it's not now. probably time to tell you, guy, that pack your bags. <laughs> Off later. we go. <laughs> don't for that in. Mute that. Um, we're off to uh, we're off to Jupiter, Florida, Florida. <laughs> no, um, no. To be honest, I've loved going out there a couple of times this last few months, and it is an amazing place. But I, I love home. There's nothing, no place like home. Yeah. But I think with opportunities going out there, I would not rule it out in the future, future, future. Potentially doing a few months out there and then coming home. Wow. Certainly through the winter, it's it's very nice over there in the winter. Um, Calvin Moynihan has said, and I've picked this one specifically. Have you guys any plans to come to Ireland for a break 75? If so, what courses would take your first preference? We are talking to many different golf courses in Ireland right now. They all keep saying no. <laughs> we might. There's three possible filming trips in Ireland this week. This week. <laughs> <laughs> Going on Monday on EasyJet, come back Tuesday, have a night at home. Um, I think three, the potential three times this year, so stay tuned. We do one. Are you going to say courses or not? Are you going to keep them under wraps? Under wraps. Okay. Uh, Matt Horton has said, and this is very relatable. I'll Matt. give one, actually. One then. Adair Manor. Adair Manor. Nice. Matt Horton has said, why do I score 86 one week and then 107 the next? 
Why do I sometimes shoot 70 and then 86 yeah. myself? Rory does it. Rory's the one I always think of. He'll go 63, 73. It's just golf. Like, sometimes you're just not feeling it. Mm. Like, you might go off to a bad start. You might, it might have even started before that. You, your night's sleep might have been bad. You might have been stressed from work. You're carrying those stresses out onto the golf course. You suddenly have a bad hole and it just comes into it, doesn't it? <laughs> That's like... Yeah. I think you've been wearing a whoop recently. <laughs> you've not <laughs> slept well. <laughs> Your recovery's not great. Yeah, I've been I've been trying out a whoop, see how it goes. It looks good anyway. It's a fashion band at it the moment. It is really. But to be honest, do you know what my recovery was? Go on. This isn't an advert, by the way. You asked me the other day. What's a good recovery? I think in the green is good. Well, green it's, is it's good. It's green, 76%. I think that's pretty good, yeah. Sweet. Um it's gonna be anything to us, but we've got we've got one on. So yeah. Where we are, it's just golf. It's what we, I think, it's what we love about golf. You can never master it. We've seen that before. Like again, if you, and, it's hard to always comment on the sports and you don't do those sports competitively. But I imagine if you are a, a good runner, an elite level runner, a county runner, or a very hardcore kind of casual, if that makes sense, like you, you probably might one day go run a ten k in twenty minutes, and then the next might be like twenty one. You're like, oh, well, that was a bit annoying, but it, you know, it's a bit off. But God, I can't imagine you'd suddenly go out and do a 25-minute one. Do you know what I mean? With such but they a difference. Can, they can have bad days, right? Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. I don't think the difference exactly. is Exactly. But, like, if you shoot 86, you're a good level of golfer. You know, you're, you're probably, well, roughly about average. 14 handicap, whatever. Yeah, a bit better than average. And 107 is not great. There's obviously a 21 shot discrepancy there, which is obviously more than a shot a hole. It's a lot in it. But I think when we do play well, we probably don't give ourselves credit for how much goes right. So for me, if I play well, I don't go out of bounds, obviously. Don't lose any balls that way. I get up and down a lot. Hold the odd 30-foot drained monster putt. And like, you probably don't realise that all those things should have easily not happened. So the 30-footer might have just missed. The up and down of the bunker might have just not worked, whatever. So before you know it, you've had all the out of bounds that just stays in bounds by a foot or whatever. Could have gone out of bounds. So you've almost like saved five or six shots and things going your way. And it might even be the fact that, let's say, the bunker shot one week where you hit it quite nice and get up and down... The following week, bit of a bad lie, you leave it in the bunker. Mm. It takes you a couple to get out of it. You thin it through the other side of the green and suddenly that that can actually add four more shots onto your score. Exactly. So it's golf. Unfortunately, I'd love to be able to sprinkle some magic to say this is, you'll always shoot between this score range. But that'd be horrible. Imagine going, you can't imagine it because it would never happen, but I'd just try to. Imagine going, playing golf tomorrow, we're teeing it up at Marriott, let's just say, and you knew you're going to shoot between 70 and 73. Where would the fun be? The whole excitement is that I want to play well today. I'd be like, see if I can shoot 73 <laughs> driving like this. Yeah. And just that spraying everywhere. But, but realistically, it would be quite boring. It was quite interesting when we played it with James Robinson at Wallace and he literally said he had his D game yeah. and shot a one under or two under or whatever. <clears throat> it's, obviously, he was kind of taking the mick there. But even the best players, like their terrible round is wor- much, much worse than their best round, but it's not terrible round. Depend, yeah, what you define as terrible. I mean. So, like, the other day, I played, for me, very badly at Wallace in 84. But I'm fully aware to some people, that's, like, the best ever. Mm. Like, that's a really good score. And equally, James's is, is bad score will be two over. That's, like, what I've been made up with. Yeah. So there's levels to everything, isn't there? It's, it's whatever, however good you are at golf, is someone better, unless yeah. you've got Scheffler. And, you know, there's always someone much worse who would kill for your game. So that's something to remember. Maybe you have a day we not i mean that 107 some people be made up with that yeah so it's always relative um this guy hasn't got a name on twitter so it's not a proper one he said what are your thoughts on current direct to consumer golf clubs so 
direct to consumer, I'm sure a lot of people know, but it's when a brand literally sells from their website to you. There's no being an American golf, there's no clubhouse golf. So there's more brands starting to do that. And I think actually some of the more major brands are probably wanting to do that as well because there's more profit in it for them potentially. What do you think of them so far? There's, there's pros and cons, isn't there? I suppose, I suppose. There is. There's a few that I've tested that have been very good. And, you know, I'm an advocator of direct consumer. Often, not always, the price is a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, some of these big brands will be going direct to consumer. The price will probably be just and the same. And they'll make more money. Um, the only downside I see currently is you obviously don't get to try the golf club before you use them. Yeah. Which often, when you're in a golf shop, at least you can hit it into a net or a simulator or whatever it is. So you can get a hit. Um, and there's obviously limited custom fit options mm-hmm. but there's, there's more custom fit options coming out yeah, recently yeah. where you can go online you can almost fill out a chart and it'll give you the recommendation yeah. so i don't think it's perfect but it's getting closer yeah i think that's one like it, we are seeing it in the world where like more <clears> brands now in all walks of life would rather go direct to consumer because if you think about nike selling a pair of golf shoes if you buy them off their website website for 120 quid they might make 80 quid if you buy them off American Golf for 120 quid, then obviously American Golf have to take their money, their margin, their profit, and then it, they bought it from from Nike for a price. So it makes sense for the re, for the for the brands to sell to you directly. But it's difficult with golf, isn't it? Because it, you know the different specs, different lofts. But I think we'll see a future soon where a lot more brands are doing it directly. Definitely, to and also to get yeah uh, more money and to get your data. Uh, Ryan Link said, "It's a funny question this, which I wanted to address it." Do you think it's fair when filming a Break 75 that you use drones to find your wayward drives? Normally, you're allowed three minutes to look for your ball, and in the real world, you don't have drones helping us. That could be the difference between shooting 74 and 80. There's a note on that. We do use drones on par threes, so when we hit a shot into a par three, the drone's up. So if we ever get a hole in one that happened yet, it'd be a cool angle. And then we also use drones often to actually track the hole so that when you're watching as a viewer, you can see how the hole looks. Those drone tracking shots are normally done either before we play golf or after we've played, so not actually as we're playing because it wouldn't really work. Or we have the odd little beauty shot. But we don't actually... It'd be great if no. the drone did help us, but the golf ball's that small when the drone's up. You wouldn't see it anywhere, and it's that fast. No. Um, it doesn't It doesn't make a difference no. whatsoever. We use it as a form of... We're not using it to find our golf ball. We're using it as a form to show the viewer a different angle yeah. from the sky. Yeah, it's, so it'd be great if it could track the golf ball. But also on that flip note... There's nothing stopping him. Stopping him. What? He wants to buy a drone and look for his golf yeah. ball as he plays. He can do. I think on that, it was kind of a bit of a... I don't think it was necessarily a dig, but I think there's not many advantages that we have and break, do a break 75. There's maybe you could say, there's me. if there's me and you playing and somebody else, there's three of us, and there's like four or five people on the crew. So you could say you've got eight people looking for your golf ball. That's an advantage, yeah. potentially. Other than that, there's not many. But then any mm. advantage we have got are massively outweighed by the fact that every shot you hit, you know, 500,000 people at least are going to watch. And you've got to narrate every shot. Yeah. So that's something, again, people have been having a bit of a dig. At me, at specifically, in, in the weirdly, in the Facebook group, that, you know, I'm narrating my shots to camera. And, that, you know, you're not as good as James. You shouldn't be, be doing that. But what you've got to remember is Ulrich. that... Yeah, Ulrich. <laughs> Certainly James. But when we, every golfer should be hitting a shot with purpose. Now, obviously, we've all got our own ability. So if you're off 28 and you're brand new to golf, you probably shouldn't be going to tee going par four, 350, and we hit this on the green. Because <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? Let's be no. honest. You've got to be realistic. But equally, a 28 handicap, I should still be thinking, there's wind off the left, and that's going to affect my shot. Um, there's a bunker on the left, so I want to try and miss that. Or I want to try, you know, have a purpose to each golf. You'll know that as a coach, yeah. obviously. So the reason we tell the camera that, and it might get a bit boring, admittedly, if I'm talking and you don't care what, how I'm doing, but 
it's to give people an idea of what we're thinking. If I was playing a friendly round of golf with our viewers, I'm not every shot going to go, right, wind into off the left, we're going to club up to a six iron, three quarters, punch it. Because it, it, it would be boring, it'd be insane. He turns around, so he's rolling on this. We're going yeah. to get this. It's making a video, and I think this is, we want it to come across as... Um, as natural and as and as we want you to we want to bring you as the viewer into the screen and pop you on the golf course as if you are literally watching with us that's kind of how we like to film it the reality to actually film like that you know it, it, there is so many different moving parts and narr narrating a shot or using a drone and things like that um but yeah there's pros and cons otherwise if if using a drone was a massive advantage one we'd use it more often and two um we'd be shooting much better scores what sniffer dogs they could we, smell probably ones we've used them a few times and they're pretty effective yeah um couple more yeah uh, quick one from Lyndon. he said what are its goals for the end of the year score wise to just break 75 consistently or be like a purely scratch golfer and also where do you want to be at guy it was funny last night i was watching the um I forgot what it's called, Scottsdale Open. Yeah. Phoenix Open. And uh, I was watching, I thought, could I? Could I do that? What was it about Scottish Shaffler shooting like 65 <laughs> that made you think you could do it? <laughs> <laughs> if they were shooting 78, 82 and winning, fair dues. But what was it about their scores? No, I, don't know. I don't know. Was why. it the 182 mile an hour ball speed that John Ram was getting? <laughs> <laughs> Does that feel relatable to you? <laughs> I don't know why. I just I, in a few years and a, a number of years yet, I've got a big birthday coming up. As every as most people yeah. have a big birthday coming up, a big three nine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought to myself, I wonder what I could do in the if I really, 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 really applied myself. Now I've already got. I'm already going to have a, a caveat, caveat to this because I can't really 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 apply myself you know what I'd love, sorry you know what i got thinking right <laughs> as i was tidying up the bloody kids toys last you night, played one under par at wallace and <laughs> things got carried away watching the phoenix open i thought to myself imagine because i read a book years ago called dream on it's about a tale of a guy who was a, a pretty average guy an average job with family could he shoot under par or level par in a year mm -hmm. and he basically dedicated his life i won't spoil the ending but it's a really good book I thought, myself, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, yeah, he had no family after <laughs> it, and like he'd lost his job. And um, I thought to myself, imagine if you really did apply yourself for four or five years, like that's all you did. Mm -hmm. Could I break 75? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why, I got dreaming. Anyway, my goals really, yeah, I want, I want to have my work. For me, it's not about my best scores. I like that. Really? Mm. Like, your best score's good. Yeah. If I shoot level, under par, on the occasion, I'm more than happy. For me, it's just not shooting anything more than a, 60, a 77. Yeah. Like, if I, I just want to have a bad round of golf, and I literally walk off the golf course, and go, that's the worst I can possibly play golf ever, and I'm writing a 77 down. Mm. That would be that would be my dream, really. Yep. And I think to do that, all my, every area of my game just got to get better. Driving's decent. Driving's good enough for that now, I would say. I would say so. I think... I, I genuinely don't think I hold anywhere near enough putts. You hit your putts very hard, I always find. I don't know if that's... <clears> and I right obviously... That, but. I can get up and down, but I don't get up and down enough. And I, for the amount of shots 
chances and like you say how well i've been driving i just don't think i give myself enough birdie i feel like if i if i could clip my fingers and help a little bit obviously i, I can't driving i wouldn't even touch well obviously if, if i would if you had to but yeah leave driving irons less over shape i think work on three quarter shots a bit more controlled shots i think would help massively no real distance needed gains obviously chipping is, is your, your kind of kryptonite so a little bit more sharpen up around there maybe put in a bit more like pace control, that's so, it. So everything. Driving's okay. <laughs> but I, even then... Your I shoes still, always look really good as well. Clean then, echoes. So a couple of... And again, this is an extreme example. But in America, I played at Bay Hill. Mm-hmm. I wasn't long enough to play at Bay Hill. Yeah, but... I, but I'm saying that's an exception. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. Okay. But like, I would like to have enough distance to be able to play a championship golf, like that Rockcliffe Hall in Newcastle. Mm. I wasn't long enough to play at golf course. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I'd, li- I'd like to have that extra gear if I needed to. 170 would be nice ball speed, wouldn't it? Cruising. It's a nice 170. Um, what about yourself? Um, plus five handicap. Oh, that's fine. everything. How much a championship? Maybe go over to... Yeah, probably go to no, go to... The, well, yeah, but that'll be next year. Go to the US Am. Win that. Get the Masters the next year. Yeah. Play that. Become friends with Tiger. Yeah. Um, probably then join the TGL. Course. Going to live with you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm joining TGL. Yeah. Um, then probably quit. Did one season the TGL. Sorry, I've missed something out. TGL, then time to live for 15 mil. Do one season, then quit. Then have to give back 12 mil because I've quit, but keep the three. Sail off into the sunset. Any majors in there? Well, I'll play in the, I'll play in the Masters, make the cut. Probably play in the Open because I'll get yeah, in after the US Arm. And I you will. Play all the majors. Well, play all the would majors. Would you win No, I wouldn't no. go to USPJ in the US Open. That's that's stupid thinking. If you thought that, I would. I would probably come tied thirty fourth in the Open. Play the last round with Harrington and Dan Gavins. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, last question um, from Matt Smith. Uh, hi, guy. Um, congratulations on the new arrival. Thank you very much. Um, man, you've got a camera doing very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody comedian today, you. That was um, good. That was good. Yeah, thank you very much. I wasn't rehearsed to you. That was right off the cuff. This two hundred, this episode two hundred live podcast is going to be fireworks in it. Imagine us a couple of shandies down us. I'm going to bring undis- in disguise Rick that goes to the Phoenix Open. Wowzers! By the way, I think people remember that we say we're doing this now, so we probably have to do it. Really. I also said I play in the Open one time. Sorry. Joking. That was the other one. I would I would I wouldn't mind. Oh, <laughs> stop the press. Quest for the open again, maybe? Wow. Little when press. next year? No, before I'm before I'm forty. Oh, before you're forty. What um what would be the objective? To get to actually get into the open or get through first stage or get in the open. Wow. What's the chances realistically? Um I can see you get on the moon before Zero. playing the <laughs> I can actually imagine you going to the moon. <laughs> Realistic. Zero, point zero, zero, zero. I'll tell you what I would, right? This, this is definitely true now. There's more chance, and 100% I get back this up, more chance of you going to space. <laughs> on, like a, on like a virgin Atlantic thing. Yeah, because you can just pay for that. Yeah, exactly. So there's more chance of you going to space. There's more chance of you playing with Tiger. I'm probably not in good enough shape to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, you need to be... Uh, Let's think of five things there's more chance of. Playing with Tiger. Yeah. Going to space. Yeah. Buying a golf course. Yeah. Um, what else is there? 
sponsoring a top 10 player in the world. Yeah. Tiger winning the four majors. Definitely more chance of that. Anyway, sorry, Rick. You keep going, mate. Keep playing along. So you tell me there's a chance. There's a oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You pay your entry fee, who knows? That's that is the thing of back to that. That's the beauty of it though. If you go and you play your absolute lights out, who knows? <laughs> Shoot three under and not and <laughs> not get through Q school. Anyway, so this last question is from Matt Smith and he says, uh, when going for a fitting on a driver or any club for that matter, is it important to go with an open mind or should you have your heart set on what you want? I love that question for a couple of reasons, which I'm going to come on to. Because they're both right. Oh. So I, I, in my opinion, so what like, What do you think? you think that you should be open-minded? Um, I think you should have done maybe your research. Watch a few Rick Shields videos. New channel coming very soon. Plug. So you're armed with enough information. And I think you should, certainly if you're trying to stick to a budget, have a rough idea of what sort of drivers are in your budget. Nice. Just so you don't get, I don't want to use the word, but but um, influenced, I'm mm -hmm. going to use, by the fitter to buy a driver that is probably at a different price point. Yeah. So that, that's all I'd say to it. Yeah, I think I was going to say that there's just two sides. I think you should be open because you never know what driver you're going to hit well. So why would you not try stuff? You may as well. On the flip side, I think if it comes down to two and one of the ones was the one you wanted and you really wanted it, I think get that one. Because you see it sometimes, people might, let's just say you wanted a stealth two, right? And you went and tried it and they said, have you tried the new ping? And you go, no, I've not actually. Have you thought about it? Well, not really. And you tried it. Now, if the ping massively outperforms a stealth, then you'd be mad not to get the ping. However, if they're a little bit close and you're not quite sure, but then it's something like, well... Let's just say, oh, but but the ping, actually, my mate's got a ping and the, and the fitter since really good. Maybe she'll get the ping. Or, oh, and Rick Shields has got a ping. Oh, but I did want the stealth. I think go for the stealth because often when you want something and you don't get that one, you do feel a bit disheartened after, don't you? You feel yeah. like a little, like, oh, I should have got that one. So, yeah, do both. Try others. But if you know deep down you want one and it works, go with that. Because yeah. ultimately all the golf clubs are good. They're all good. A plant will grow. <laughs> no, go on, let's, let's hear it. A plant will grow a seed is if you've planted the seed. Is that a real thing? Something like that. So basically, if it's your idea, you're probably going to make it grow more mm -hmm. rather than it being someone else's idea. Because you're always like, mm, should I water that plant or should I just let it die? Anyway, on that note, thanks for listening to the 170th <laughs> episode of the Rituals Golf Show podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, please send any complaints to Guy at complaints.com forward slash don't bother forward slash quest for the open if you have got positive comments please leave them on this video or or review us on apple i love a little apple review <laughs> imagine right, this is just a quick call out if you're that person that guy that girl who the silent majority i respect you i doth my cap to you you love the podcast you like the podcast you tolerate the podcast you listen weekly you go about your business you're just that kind of quiet guy that's fine i like that if you've never reviewed the podcast on Apple, just do us a little favour and go on, four or five stars, ideally five, rate it and say something like, you know, like the podcast, I can tolerate the podcast or I love the podcast, whatever you want to say, just say it. I think good things will happen to you that day if you do that. I do. I've always said Karma. that. Yeah. I think you'll you'll think, oh, should I leave a review? I'm not sure. And then guy, oh yeah, okay. Oh, you know what? I will. I like the lads. I'll do one. And you leave one, you press enter and you go, Ooh, I've got a nice fuzzy feeling inside. Nothing massive will happen. Like, you're not going to suddenly change your life, but you might shut the car door and find a tenner. Like, that kind of thing could happen to you. 
Oh, it could change. Your you life. know what's mad? I bet statistically, one person that listens to this podcast now will go and find a tenner. Statistically, that will yeah. happen to some person. Someone statistically will get a hole in one tomorrow. Statistically Again, speaking, more chance of me, more chance of that happening than me getting in the open. I think there's more chance of you getting five hole in ones in one round of golf. <laughs> two of them being on par fives guys thanks for listening i'm gonna go and practice and grind until my hands bleed hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast by the way this is the first week of many 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 more uploads to the youtube channels across the platform yes so strap in hold on to yourself and get ready for content coming out of your ears hold on to yourself where <laughs> strap yourself in hold on I, said, to yourself. I said strap on oh, right guys thanks for listening we'll see you soon Bye-bye. peace baz we need to go very good, very witty. One hour five. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.